0: So what's happening? It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason LaCanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Oh, the off season is here. My man Jason LaCanfora is here. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up. Brian Baldinger, part of his podcast as well. Guys, you know how we do it. And we appreciate you guys subscribing, telling your friends, liking us. We put out new episodes Tuesday and Thursdays. As we move through the offseason, there will be some adjustments with vacations, et cetera. But we will be here and we'll be talking about the biggest off-season stories all offseason long. Jason, there is no bigger offseason story than where you are, my friend, because today you can franchise tag, you can transition tag. And I don't know if that's going to happen anytime <laughs> soon with Lamar Jackson, but let's start there because. Everyone talks about the Aaron Rodgers thing being the the first domino. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I think I think this is. Where's is this at? Where are we going now mm-hmm. that today it officially starts that you can franchise tag guys?
1: Uh, do I think that they're negotiating around the clock? No. But, you know, there's the whole PR optics element to this and this, you know, this young man's been in this town for 5 years. He's done a lot of special stuff. Things at the quarterback position, things offensively that no one's really seen before. Um, he brought life to a franchise that was having trouble getting people to show up for what amounted to playoff games because they were sick of three yards in a cloud of dust, and that was the passing attack. Um, so he changed all that, and and the circle looks like it's closing faster than anyone could have imagined when he's unanimous MVP at 2019. But like. They still want to sell this idea that we're doing everything we can to keep him here, right? And we're only going to trade him if we have to. Well, if that's what you're selling, then you've got to sort of take it to the wire, right? Like, why would you slap the tag on him now when you don't have to do it for two weeks? Internally, I think they know that they've known for a while that it's unlikely that he has a long-term future there. And they've been preparing in their own way for whatever this trade situation is going to look like. And it will be unusual because he doesn't have an agent, and the Ravens are going to have to do a lot of the legwork. So it's not like they don't have enough people in the building with the wherewithal to make it happen. Um, So I don't think we'll hear a whole lot the next two weeks other than sort of scuttlebutt and rumor, probably be like right on whatever, March 7th, March the 8th, right right around that 4 p.m. deadline to get it on the waiver wire. And they'll put a tag on him, whether it's exclusive or non-exclusive. My hunch remains that it'll be exclusive. If they're talking to teams on your behalf to facilitate a trade, what's the difference? And then I think he'll be traded. I think it'll be one of those deals where it's agreed to, it's a handshake. It can't officially be done until he takes his physical, you know, March 15th or whatever. Parties will know in early March um, where he's going. And whether that's Atlanta or that's Carolina or maybe the Jets or Maybe New Orleans, if they could get their cap in order, or maybe Tampa. You know, Kyle Trask is the only quarterback under contract down there right now. Um, You know, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. There's only one Lamar Jackson. Uh, So I still think it's the calm before the storm, Carl, but we're getting there, man. Like, we deadline spur actions, and there is a deadline now just two weeks away.
0: All right, let's talk about this hiring of Todd Munkin. Very familiar with Todd. He was the OC at Georgia uh-huh. for the last two years. I, I think it's a good hire. Todd wanted to get back yep. to the NFL. He's kind of been a gypsy. You know, he goes places yeah. for a few years and then he moves on. But there is this notion that, you know, the hiring of Todd Munkin is somehow going to help retain Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and it's not, right? There's, it has nothing to do with it. And I was nah. saying this, Jason. Listen, nothing. You, you and I are both in this business. You and I both know. There's only one thing that matters. Money. Respect is money. Respect is respect what I do. Therefore, you yeah. pay me accordingly. I don't give a damn who the coordinator is. And I think Munkin, that's a nice right. hire. That's a good hire for the I mean, But it has nothing to do with whether Lamar is going to stay as a Raider. Nothing.
1: Now, look, John Harbaugh went about the business of finding the best offensive coach he could find to try to help their passing game to try to lift them as an organization. And that's what he did. And the, there were no assurances that it's going to be Lamar. There can't be any assurances that it's going to be Lamar. Todd Monk and Lamar Jackson, their first conversation will probably be after a game when the Falcons face the Ravens in two years from now or whatever. <laughs> and they have a little laugh going off the field, like, I would have loved to have had a chance to coach you, buddy. Yeah, Two ships passing in the night. So... No, it's not related at all. But it's John Harbaugh looking to find someone of a certain pedigree with a certain level of, of job experiences and pro and college who he thinks he could mess with, again, to try to elevate a passing game that's been horrendous. So that's what it was always about. And it was also about finding somebody who's willing to take the job, someone who checks those boxes, has those qualifications, and is willing to come here despite not knowing who the quarterback's going to be. So I, I thought, you know, from the moment they interviewed Todd Monk and knowing Harbaugh, knowing how they operate here, I'm like, that's the that's going to that, be the hire if they can get him to take the job. They don't want some young whippersnapper, want to be McVay. That's never been how they roll. Um, they're going to want someone who has some experience, who, who comes into the room and has done the job in the past and other places. They don't want him learning on the fly. Uh, and, then, and then, yeah, the guy's got to want them back. So it makes sense. It has nothing to do with Lamar. Uh, I don't, again, I don't think he'll ever coach Lamar.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: All right, let's talk about some of these other quarterback situations that are looming today, guys. Around the NFL, you can franchise tag, transition tag, guys. That, that goes all the way up, as, as Jason said, up until March 7th. If you are going to franchise your quarterback, that's going to cost you $32 million. It's the top five salaries of the highest paid guys at your position. Saquon Barkley is a a running back. I think the Giants should franchise tag him. He's $10 million. It sounds like a lot of money, but not for a running back. And if you do that, you then have the money to pay Daniel Jones, who is the next guy I want to talk about. Jason, um, Daniel Jones, do you pay him if you're the Giants? Because this is the big question. If you franchise tag Saquon, let's just use this scenario, it gives you a chance to maybe give uh, Daniel Jones a, what, two-, three-, four-year extension. But he's not going to be the highest-paid guy. He's still going to make great money, but what well, are you paying him? I, I think they're tagging Daniel Jones. I've thought
1: since the middle of the season they're tagging Daniel Jones. You know, executives, GMs I've talked to from my my column at the Washington Post. I understand where, you, where you're coming at it, but I would flip the script and say – there's a reason the running back tag is only $10 million, right? And how many teams are really going to go out to try to poison pill us on Saquon Barkley. So let's put that on the side. Let me get the quarterback at 32. I've got him till July, like, you know, to get a long-term deal done. Let's see where these other things go. Let's see if, you know, Burrow gets five years, 275 million fully guaranteed, like, but let's get cost certainty with him. We're not paying anybody else, so we'll keep the running back. We'll we'll tell him, Saquon, you you whatever you get, we'll ma- we'll, we'll not only match it, we'll beat it. And we'll beat it by whatever percent. Like but we because understand the, num- the uniqueness of your situation. Yeah.
0: Because the number's you know, smaller, and, it's a it's an easier, it's an easier move.
1: Yes. It's an easier match, but I don't want I don't want to let anybody else get their hands on this quarterback because I think we stumbled into something here. And we got the right coaches around him. And he did what he did. Last year with no talent, let's see what it looks like with some talent. So, and look, somebody may, somebody may put the, together a sheet because he's not getting the exclusive tag at forty-four. So, whether it's a, a a transition or a non-exclusive, you know, if they get two twos from Daniel Jones from a bad, you know, from a bad team and one of those picks is a top ten pick, so be, be it. I need, I need to be able to control strings on that quarterback, and the only way to do it is to. Apply this instrument that the NFLPA really should have never let come into play in the first place, which is an artificial way to keep somebody who's earned his way to the market off the market. Anyway, so that that's how I think it's going to go down. That's how I've always thought it's going to go down. Um, and, and it may be a situation where he plays it out for thirty-two million, um, or maybe they do get something done long term. But I don't think thirty-two million for that kid is crazy. Not not with what I saw last year, you know. And again, I think people need to really be aware of the fences and the moment in time we're in in the NFL on the other side of COVID. These gambling sponsorships that they started signing a year and a half, two years ago, when the when the you know the Supreme Court decision, those have now they are now real. That money's coming in on a yearly basis. They resold Thursday night foot, you know, the Thursday night package to Amazon. That were billion. Like that's happening. Um like The new direct ticket Sunday ticket that's real, that's happening. They did that contract last year. That money is in the process of coming in. Um, highest TV ratings, right, since 2016, since all since Kaepernick and Trump and all that. The New York football giants can't pay a quarterback who almost single handedly got them to the playoffs and won a playoff game on the road. They don't have 30 million, it's not our money, it's not your money. Don't worry about it now. If they give him three hundred million for ten sure. years, okay. Like sure. we can, but I mean, don't worry about it. Who's making money on that team? They got to pay him and Dexter Lawrence. Who else? That's it. Who's making any That's money? It. They're getting rid of and, and- Galladay, right? They, they've shedded bad contracts from the old regime. Like what are we talking about? It's the quarterback of the New York Giants.
0: Thirty-two million is two million dollars a game. Is not a big deal. Yeah, it's funny. I go back to when Matt Ryan signed his deal with the Falcons and it was $30 a year and everybody was like, holy crap, it's it's not even top 10. I mean, right now what he signed for is not even top 10. The market continues to change and I just use him as an example because as this marketplace continues to change, to your point, Jason, with all the money that's flowing, um, I think as fans we've got to get used to the num just hearing these numbers, right? Yeah. If you're a certain age, yeah. at one point a quarterback was getting five to seven million dollars, you were like, Man, he's getting paid a lot of money. Now right. the-, the going rate is 40. And you go, wait a minute, 40 a year? So I think it just hits fans differently. And if you're not of the upper echelon, if you're not Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or uh an Aaron Rodgers, right? You think about these guys differently. It's not that I disagree with you, I think you're right. But I think Giants fans are like, "Damn, we're about to pay this dude thirty-two million dollars. He's been good one year." <laughs> That's the issue. Yeah, but it's like,
1: what did Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold make last year on the fifth-year option? Right? Wasn't that like eighteen or twenty? Was it yep. twenty-two? Whatever it yep. was, this is—I mean, it's not substantially more. And like the subsidies that these guys get just from putting their products on, t- from adding Thursday night and reselling it. To adding a round to the play, more teams in the playoffs. You've added the no, playoff. Man. That like just that pays for Daniel Jones ten times over. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's true. They're making four hundred fifty-five a year for, just for playing. That's not a that's a dog. That's not a jersey, right? That's just for ha- being open for business. They're good let's for talk it. about
0: all of them, even the ones who cry poor. You're right. And and they it's do corporate socialism Let's, for billionaires. <laughs> Let's talk about Gino. Uh Gino, we're talking about Geno Smith. After he proves himself this last season, he's another interesting case, right? This is all quarterbacks, guys, because quarterback Lee talk about it all the time. This is where it starts. All this other stuff you got to fill in the blanks. But if you don't have this dude, you're not going anywhere. So what do the Seahawks do? I think they get this done. In
1: the next two weeks I,
0: I do i don't think he wants to be on the
1: tag i don't think they want him on a tag if they have to tag him to just foster the continue negotiation with him um whether that's exclusively um or they wouldn't be exclusive with him but but it, look they'll protect the asset if they have to i don't think it'll sure. get there um you know i think it'll be a, a five-year deal for cap purposes i think they'll front load it a little bit because he's he's earned that um that they, they were and I get it. It was watered down. It was a weak conference, this or that. But, um, you know, they were in the hunt with Geno, and they'll have a better roster next year. At least, you know, that's what they're thinking. So if he gets a tag, it'll be nominal because the, he's not going to play on it. You know what I mean? Geno's right. going to have some certainty with the with the Seahawks at some point this spring.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think – the smart play and Pete Carroll, right? They, they've done a good job with this. I mean, you look at it now, we'll see what Russell does in Denver, but when they traded Russell, everybody said, oh, what a mistake. Not really, right? So yeah. I think you're right about the, the, the roster building. You got a running game. You still got Metcalf there. You, you've got some things, good tight end play. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think, Gino, you, you just roll the dice, maybe you draft a quarterback late if you want to do that in the draft but i think you roll with gino and you pay him accordingly Pete All doesn't
1: right. want a kid he hasn't had to deal with that since russell wilson came on the scene like i i i don't
0: think so either i don't think that's his mo